All right, look at uh, Zechariah chapter 3 and look with me at verse 9. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts. And we looked at that last week, but now look at this right here. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, thank you for the promise that you have given Israel. And Lord, thank you that um, you are trustworthy. And that the way that we are able to understand the Bible is just the way that you wrote it. And that what you say about Israel is true. So, Father, help us to go through your word tonight and understand what you mean by saving them in a day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible tells us that there is a day coming when the whole world will see Jesus Christ in the clouds and that Israel will, be repent, will, will repent and be converted as a nation in one day. Just like that. That's an amazing, amazing thought, especially when you consider how far they are away from the Lord right now. But God himself is going to do it. So what I want us to do tonight, get your Bibles ready. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's some in the pews. And we're going to go through the Bible, and I want you to be able to mark your cross-references in the Bible so that you can demonstrate this. Now, let me tell you why we're doing this. There's a major percentage of Christianity that believes that because of the sin of Israel in rejecting Jesus Christ as their Savior, that God's done with them, that He's through with them, they're a cursed people, um, that God will never use them again, and the church has replaced Israel. Prominent leaders like the Bible Answer Man, he would believe that, Hank Hanegraaff, um, R.C. Sproul, a famous Bible teacher, that's what he would believe. So we need to understand that's not what the Bible teaches, that when God makes a promise... It's forever. Amen? And we as a church, we understand God's not done with Israel. But what we're going to do tonight is we're going to be able to cross-reference for you these verses dealing with Jesus Christ saving Israel in a day. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. And we're going to go pretty fast. You might want to write the verses down on another piece of paper, offering envelope or something, and uh, transfer them to your Bible later. But Hebrews chapter 8, this is one of those passages that um, those who would believe in covenant theology, that's that basically there are two covenants. There's the new covenant and the old covenant, and we're under the new covenant. Um, this is one of those passages that they would confuse. So let's look at it and see if we can get a good understanding of it. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I have made. What's it say? So if people get the idea that God has already made this covenant, they're just not reading the text. Isn't it interesting how you can defeat a Bible scholar by being able to read English? It's really interesting. This is one of those passages. I, I did a lesson on the covenants, and when I was studying what people teach about the covenants, that they're saying that this is the covenant of grace that we live under. Well, the Bible calls it the New Testament, not the New Covenant. 
Jesus started the New Testament church. When he held up that cup, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Is that what he said? No, what did he say? This cup is the new testament in my blood. Jesus Christ established, or God the Father, established a covenant with Israel. I understand that this morning I said that uh, we need the writings of the Apostle Paul to interpret 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Peter. How many of you heard me say that this morning? What's funny is there is a spurious book called The Acts of Peter that it's not canonical. It's not in your Bible. So somebody, we, Nathan, we've got to edit that out of the message from this morning because there are one of, some of these books like the Gospel of Judas and these other types of books that are floating around. The Acts of Peter are one of those. So we do not believe that Peter has three books of the Bible in the New Testament. But anyway... Um, when we're studying these covenants and, and all these things, they're not really confusing if you just look at the language. God made a covenant with Abraham, and then He made a covenant with David. Abraham was who was going to build a great nation. David, that someone from his throne, was going to sit on the throne, and it would be the Messiah. And we believe those covenants, don't we? God hasn't gone back on them. They are His covenants. It's the covenant with the land of Israel. Now, uh, let's look at this again. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Would you mark this right here? After those days. After those days. Now, how many of you immediately see something there that will help you understand the timing? Those days, that's the days of the tribulation period. So God's going to make a covenant with Israel. Is that what it says? It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of the church. No, the house of Israel. And this is the distinction. If you're going to understand the Bible... One of the key distinctions that you have to understand is the distinction between Israel and the church. Israel and the church. This is Grace Baptist Church. We're a called-out assembly of born-again, baptized believers meeting in a specific location for the purpose of carrying out the Great Commission, observing and defending the ordinances, and doing all things whatsoever the Lord commanded. That is a local New Testament church. That's not the nation of Israel. Do you know what the nation of Israel is? The nation of Israel. It's not complicated. And so when a lot of theologians get it all messed up. But now, let's, let's read on. Uh, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people." God promised this in Jeremiah chapter 31. We're not going to take the time to turn there. But God had already told them this is what He was going to do. He was going to take out their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. When was that going to happen? After the valley of dry bones. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. How many of you have never heard that song? How many of you have never heard it sung that way? (laughs) Um, Be smart, Alex, down here. I don't need you to... So, after, what is the whole idea about dry bones? People have all all these weird ideas. That's God raising up the nation of Israel that was not a nation. 
He's brought them back in, and he's going to revive them. So let's read on, verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first, in that first covenant, or I'm sorry, in that he saith, a new covenant, he hath made the first old, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. That old covenant, he is going to fulfill it and it's going to go away and the new covenant is going to be a new heart that he's going to give his people. Isn't that wonderful? And what I love is he teaches that in the Old Testament, but he affirms it in the New Testament. Now, again, this is some of the deep theological stuff. He affirms it in the book that's addressed to the Hebrews. How many of you think that'll help you to understand this is dealing with Judaism? It's written to the Hebrews. What Hebrews? These Hebrew Christians that were living in the first century under the shadow of the temple, being drawn back into the legalism of the law that was being practiced there in that temple, their families, their national identity, trying to draw them back. Tribulation period's coming. They're going to rebuild the temple. And that same draw is going to happen. And God's like, no, no, wait a minute, folks. I'm going to give all Israel a new heart. I'm going to make a new covenant with them. I will do this after those days. After those days. He's going to blot out their sin. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts 3. To help you all, tonight I'm using... I just made a copy of James Knox's... This page in James Knox's commentary on Zechariah. And he did all this work tracking down all these cross-references. And I thought it would be good for all of us to have this and be able to use it. Um, Look at uh, Acts 3 and look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Now look at what this says. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So when are these times of refreshing going to come? When those, those sins are blotted out, when is that going to happen? Verse 20, And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to heal Jerusalem. He's going to heal Israel. He's going to heal the land after having destroyed it in the tribulation period. That'll be the restitution of all things. And God will blot out the sins of the Jews. This was a message Peter was preaching to the men of Israel. That's who he's preaching it to. All right. Look at Romans chapter 11. So he's going to blot out their sins and he's going to deliver them. Romans chapter 11, verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, 
and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. He's going to take it away. He's going to take it away. And Zechariah chapter 3 says it's going to be in one day. Just like that. In one day. Um, Go with me to um, Isaiah chapter 44. Look at verse 21. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me. Thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. That's what God is going to do. He has promised that with the nation of Israel. He wants them to come back to Him. Um, look with me at the way that the children of Israel are going to be gathered back. They're going to be gathered back by force. Um, uh, there are more, I believe, that it was true a few years ago. I think it's still true. There are more Jews in New York than there are in Israel. It's interesting, isn't it? There are Jews still scattered out all over the world, and God is going to draw them back into the nation of Israel. All right? He's going to bring them back, but He's going to have to do that by force. He's going to require them to go back. Go with me to Ezekiel, chapter 20. Look at verse 34. Look at verse 33 for the context. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out will I rule over you. And I will bring you out from the people and will gather you out of the countries wherein ye are scattered with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people And there will I plead with you face to face. When is that going to happen? During the tribulation period, he's going to draw the Jews back to Israel. And then they're going to have to flee into the wilderness. And that's when Petra comes in. That's when God protects them in the wilderness as he's drawing them back to himself. Um, Go with me to Jeremiah. You know what? Let's let's skip that. Go with me to... um, Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8. When he brings them back into the land, they're never going to leave again. This is a cool thing. Now, remember the land. Israel right now is very small. If they go back to the 1967 borders, there are parts of it that I think are like four miles across. It would be very small. Um, The actual borders we know are much larger than that. That's Southern Turkey on the north, Cyprus on the west, um, Saudi Arabia, um, and Iran. It would include all of that. So when they come back into the land, that's what God is talking about. Look at uh, Zechariah chapter 8 and verse, um, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If it be marvelous... In the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in thine eyes, saith the Lord of hosts? 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. So he's going to bring them back into the land, and they're going to dwell there. That's God's promise to them. That's a wonderful promise, isn't it? God's going to bring them back, and they're going to dwell with him. Now, after this gathering together, God's going to purge them of their rebellion. You know, God can't, he can't allow rebellion to go on. He can't allow that. So he's going to purge them of this rebellion. And look at what the Bible says about that. Go to Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 38. Now, remember, we looked at verse 34, I will bring you out from, from the people. All right, we looked at that already. Look at verse 38. And I will purge out from among you the rebels. I, um, I heard a Christmas album. I think I mentioned this to you. And the guy's name is Bebo Norman. And uh, just the name Bebo, you know, unless you're a clown, you need not have that name. But um, he had a song on there that I think Jackson Brown, the rock singer, had done called The Rebel Jesus. The Rebel Jesus. How many of you think Jesus was a rebel? The Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Sometimes I think that some of these Christian singers are biblically illiterate. They don't have any idea what the Bible says. I was, I was so offended by that. I, I couldn't believe it that somebody would do that. All right, anyway, look at verse 38. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Boy, God's going to purge them, isn't He? He's going to purge them. Go to uh, Ezekiel 36. Look at verse 24. Um, you know, let me, let me show you this. This is pretty interesting. Verse 23, is, in, is it gives you God's attitude about all of this. And I will sanctify my great name. And look at what he says about that which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Isn't that an interesting passage? See, one, something that you and I need to remember is God put, it as it put us in the world to reflect Him. What we're supposed to do is the people that live around us they're supposed to be sanctified, set apart for the Lord because of us. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's what Israel was supposed to be as a nation. They were supposed to be a nation that had God's favor on them. And they were, as, as, as a thanksgiving to God, they were supposed to show God's greatness to the world. They didn't do it. They profaned God's name among the heathen. God says that what He's going to do is He's going to show them the truth by changing Israel's hearts before their eyes. And when does that happen? That's the tribulation period. The whole world's going to see how God deals with Israel during the tribulation. Um, 
Look at the next verse, verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put in you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Isn't that awesome? That's what, and that's what God says He's going to do. And He tells us when He's going to do that. In Hebrews chapter 8, after those days. After the tribulation. That's when He's going to do this. Um, <clears throat> I want you to see how He's going to do it. Go back to Hosea. It's right after Daniel. I guess it's forward to uh, Hosea. Hosea chapter 2. This is a beautiful verse. Hosea 2 verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. What God's going to do, we've already seen how He's going to draw Israel back to the wilderness and He's going to speak to them comfortably, comfortably. He's going to draw them back in fear and then He's going to speak comfortably to them. Isn't that a cool picture of how He's going to do this? I wonder how He's going to do that. I wonder if God's going to speak with His own voice to them. I wonder if He's going to use prophets to do it. It's an interesting question. Um, Look at... We we had mentioned in the beginning of the message that God is going to reveal Himself before all people. Everybody's going to see it. Go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him. Now, when it says every eye shall see Him, what do you think that means? Every eye is going to see Him. Every eye. Um, I've heard people say that, you know, that can happen because of satellite technology. And Man, when Jesus Christ comes back, by the time He comes back, there's none of that going to be available. Jesus Christ is going to make Himself visible to the whole world. How? I I don't understand. It defies the laws of physics. I I don't get it. I don't... Good. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Remember what we looked at this morning? Let's go there. Colossians 2. Make sure that we get this. Colossians 2.2 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So what are we doing? We're acknowledging that it's a mystery. We're acknowledging that I have full assurance of who God is, and I can't understand Him. That's exactly what it's saying. And let me help you men. Um, how many of you men, you're, you're fully assured that you're married? And how many of you are fully assured that there's no way in the world you'll ever understand your wife? It's just true. 
It's impossible. It's impossible. Ladies, how many of you would say your husband is impossible? You don't get it, right? And that's, <laughs> and that's the difference between a man and a woman. They're just different. Amen? We're just different. God, as, as different as men are from women, imagine how much different God is from us. We can't understand Him. How is He going to be seen by every eye? How? I don't know. But He said it's going to happen. So I believe it's going to happen. He created the world out of nothing. If He can do that, He can make that whole world see Him. He can do it. Um, then, look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 50. This is a beautiful passage. This is where... Israel repents. Jeremiah 50, verse 4. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping they shall go and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. Look at the verse 6. I like this. My people hath been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from the mountain to hill. They have gone and forgotten their resting place their resting place. Where's their resting place? In Israel? No, their resting place is in God. What a blessed thing. What a wonderful, wonderful passage of Scripture. Um, Then look at Isaiah chapter 66. Now remember, the book of Isaiah is the Bible in miniature. Every chapter of the book of Isaiah supernaturally relates to that chapter in the Bible. So Isaiah chapter 1 would relate to Genesis, Isaiah chapter 2, Exodus. If you'd like to see that, Michael Scott's book, um, he opened the book, he closed the book, he shows you that. Verse by verse, he shows you how that works. It's fantastic. Hollingers went to Brother Mike's church while they were on vacation. He co-pastors with his father, and uh, so they got to, to see Brother Mike's church. And What a wonderful job he did on that. So Isaiah chapter 66, if it relates to that book of the Bible, what book would Isaiah 66 relate to? Revelation. Revelation. I know I didn't ask that question in a very clear way, but you all did good. Isaiah 66, look at verse 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain, she came. She was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. What's that speaking of? Travail, when you see travail in the Bible, it's the tribulation period. It's the tribulation period. And Israel is going to suffer in the tribulation period and shall be born again in one day. That's what Zechariah chapter 3, verse 9, is talking about. Um, Their iniquity will be removed in Zechariah 3, 9. They're cleansed. They're justified. The king brings in righteousness. 
and the people at last find rest. Go to Zechariah chapter 9. Look at verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord in the land of Hadrach and Damascus shall be the rest thereof. When the eyes of man, as of all the tribes of Israel, shall be toward the Lord. There's going to be rest in Israel. See that Damascus? Damascus? That's because the Holy Land includes Syria. Isn't that cool? That's what God's going to do. He's going to bring rest there. How many of you think there's rest in Damascus right now? There's war going on in Damascus, a civil war. They've killed 100,000 people in Syria. They're fighting like crazy. Who knows what God's going to do there? But eventually, He's going to bring peace when God's people are back in the land and He saves them in one day. Isn't that just a, a beautiful picture that the Bible gives us? I'm glad He gives it to us. And um, If any of you would like a copy of this, I'll make sure that you get it. Dear Lord, thank You so much for Your Word. And Lord, Your salvation is wonderful.